Hi, everyone. My name is Joe Yasharov, Director of Content for Montgomery Community Media and the host of MoCo's Most Famous. Previously, we've had some great guests from the sports world, Olympians Katie Ledecky, Dominique Dawes, Basketball Hall of Famer Coach Gary Williams. Today, we're going to talk about the fastest growing sport in the United States, pickleball. If you don't know what pickleball is, you're about to find out from the number one pickleball player, not just in the U.S., but in the world. And he's from Laytonsville, right here in Montgomery County. Ben Johns, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Pretty good, Joe. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So how does it feel to be number one in the world in anything? I mean, we're <laughs> recording this on a Sunday, and I just finished a few hours ago watching Novak Djokovic, the number one player in the tennis world. You're the number one pickleball player in the world. How, how does that feel? Uh, yeah, it feels pretty good. I definitely can't make comparisons to somebody like Novak Djokovic because, you know, tennis is huge and pickleball is just kind of starting off. But, you know, to be um, the best in the world at anything is uh, not an experience everyone gets to, to you know, have. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So how did you get to that point? I mean, obviously it took a lot of work, but I mean, did you ever dream about becoming the number one player in the world? How did, <laughs> how did you begin playing pickleball? Yeah, no, I, I, that was definitely not a, an aspiration when I first found pickleball. So, you know, a lot of people don't really know what it is. And uh, I found it kind of randomly, as randomly as anybody possibly could. I was just playing tennis one day. I was a tennis player most of my life. And uh, there was pickleball courts at uh, the same facility as the tennis courts I practiced at. I saw it play and I was like, oh, that game looks fun. I'll give it a try. Um, and I did, and you know, it, it was kind of a, a slow start, but I, uh, I liked it a lot. I kept playing for a while and then, you know, maybe, and that was a, a little over five years ago. And, uh, you know, a couple years in, I, I just played more and more tournaments. And then, uh, a little over a year later, I, I won the U S open and, uh, I, I kind of was like, Oh, wow. Okay. I guess I, I like this sport a lot. And, uh, I kept playing from there and, and things had just kind of snowballed. So, okay, so let's go back a little bit. You touched on it. What is pickleball? And now it's been compared to some obvious uh, sports that are similar. So take us through what the, what the game is. I've had a chance to watch. I've watched you play. I've started to play. I'm terrible. But uh, take us through kind of what would you compare pickleball to? Sure. So the easiest way to think of it is a sport that's in between uh, table tennis or ping pong uh, and tennis because it's played on a court like tennis. It's a hard court and you use a paddle, but it's bigger than a ping pong paddle and smaller than a racket. You use a wiffle ball instead of a tennis ball and the wiffle ball goes slower and it uh, doesn't bounce as high. Um, and the court is a little bigger. I mean, it's bigger than a service box in tennis, but you know, it's not a huge court. So people have kind of put it as the sport right in between those two sports. And uh, it, it looks a lot of fun. I mean, I've tried it and it, it's, uh, you know, I've, I've played a little ping pong, played a little tennis. So it does have both of those in it, but you have to, there are some, you know, subtle differences and, and kind of different, subtle, different rules. But once, once you catch onto those, uh, you, you just kind of play and, and have fun in your case, uh, you know, win world titles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, it, what's kind of cool about it is, you know, it's got background sports and, you know, those background sports, if you're a player, definitely help you. Uh, but really, it's a sport that anyone can kind of pick up. It looks a little odd at first, but once you kind of try it, it's like I've seen five-year-olds play. I've seen 80-some-year-olds play, uh, non-sport backgrounds, never played a sport before, and, you know, NBA basketball players I've seen play. So uh, it's just kind of a sport that anybody, anybody can play. So it's really a democratic sport. Um, you know, it doesn't cost that much to play. And as you said, anybody can play it in any age. 
And you said 87. I'm thinking 100. I've seen 100 year olds play tennis. I'm thinking uh-huh. 100 year olds could play pickleball if you can move, if you can walk. Absolutely. Them. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> it's a small um, court. You don't need yeah, to cover so, I had a chance to uh, see you last week. You uh, you took uh, part in an exhibition at the YMCA, Bethesda Chevy Chase YMCA on uh, old Georgetown Road. Um, and, and I'm sure you do those kind of things to kind of help grow the game. You had a couple hundred people there and uh, sold an autographed uh, paddle. Um, so do you do a bunch of those in between uh, the tournaments? Yeah, so tournaments are definitely kind of my primary thing. I play a little over 20 per year. Uh, and then I'm also actually a student, so that takes up a lot of time. But besides those two major things, um, I do I do those, you know, occasionally, not not an extreme amount, but uh, it's also kind of my hometown here. So when I got asked to do, you know, an exhibition and some teaching in, in my hometown, I was like, oh, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> well, you made it fun for everybody, and you guys hit some amazing shots, and, and I'm sure what was fun for you is playing with your brother, Colin, and you guys form, of course, the number one doubles team in the world. So that's got to be pretty cool all in the family for you, too. Yeah, really cool. You know, I grew up playing sports with him. Uh, he was a professional tennis player first. Uh, and then once he kind of quit tennis, he came over to pickleball when I had already started. So it's definitely cool to, you know, grow up playing sports with your brother and then actually getting to, to partner with him in a professional sport. He jokes that he uh, his goal in life is to beat you, and he I guess he can't quite yet in singles, right? <laughs> yeah, we've played each other in, in a number of a number of times, singles, doubles, mixed doubles. Before I was partnering with him, uh, and no, he hasn't beaten me yet. But you know, he won a lot of sports over the years, so I think it's just payback. You, you know, it's going to happen one day, right? <laughs> well, we've shored up the men's doubles since now. I can't lose to him if I'm playing with him. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've taken one thing out of the equation. There you go. That's that's very smart. So last month uh, you took place, you took part in the uh, the PPA, which is the professional league for pickleball, or the, I guess the biggest league. And you can correct me if that's wrong. Yeah. Uh, you won a gold in singles, in mixed doubles and a bronze in the doubles. Um, and is, was I right in that PPA is the biggest pickleball league or is it the only professional pickleball league at this point? Uh, it, it's one of two. And yeah, it is generally considered to be the bigger one. Uh, PPA, the Pro Pickleball Association, they run, um, I think this year it's going to be 15 tournaments. Next year it's going to be 20. Uh, and, you know, they have some of the, the top prize money uh, tournaments in the sport and the highest one. So, yeah, they're considered the biggest. And a couple other stats from your sister, Hannah, who works for the league, uh, who is very helpful, by the way. Um, you, can, you can tell her I said so. Um, undefeated in men's singles since July 2019. So that's two years, almost two years. And uh, undefeated in mixed doubles since August 2019. So mm-hmm. is, that's uh, an amazing one. Two, is that pressure whenever you're undefeated and you have not only are you trying to win that match, but you're trying to keep an undefeated streak going. Is that added pressure? And I'm not trying to add more pressure to you. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could consider it that way, but it's not something that really comes to mind. You know, whenever you're at a tournament, you're taking it a match at a time and within that even, you know, points at a time. So it's not something that really crosses your mind very often. Uh, and, you know, pressure is a privilege. And I often consider the, the pressure, the real pressure to be on my opponents since, you know, they're the one that's not favored in most matchups they're going to be you know feeling pressure to to overperform, and that mm-hmm. usually doesn't turn out too well for people that's that's a, a good way of looking at it so i mentioned that it's the fastest growing sport in the u.s so what does that mean does that mean professionally money-wise does it mean for people uh, taking it on as a new sport what what does it mean yeah that it, yeah as i understand it, it 
the the way they quantify is the number of new players like how fast it's expanding and the number of new players so i think when i first started there were about two million players uh so that was five years ago and now i think they have over five million so you know over five years more than a, a 150 percent growth rate is pretty astounding so yeah in terms of players for sure and courts obviously kind of mimic that and most aspects of the sport mimic that but yeah it's most mostly measured in terms of people that play sure and at the ymca where you had the exhibition last week uh, they had added some pickleball courts so i guess more places are adding these courts uh, as the popularity grows obviously right yeah, absolutely. When I first started playing, I didn't really see any courts in Maryland. It was mainly like uh, Florida, Arizona, California, kind of warm state sport. Um, but now in Maryland, there's courts coming up all over the place, permanent uh, and painted lines with temporary nets. So it's, it's just kind of springing up a lot more in terms of locations to play. Got it. So now pickleball has been around for a while, maybe a couple of decades but it's only recently that, I mean, I had never heard of it and I've, I've been in sports for a long time. Um, and I, I think I heard about it two years ago, you hear fastest growing in the US. So it's been around for a long time. So what is it in the last couple of years that has made it the fastest growing sport in your opinion? Yeah, so technically it was invented in 1965, but you know, it was really just invented by one family. So if you think about sports, like we don't often get to see a sport grow from infancy. Uh, and in reality, you gotta think, every sport starts somewhere and you know it, it really it has to take some time to, to catch on right like sure. you go from one family playing it how, how does it grow from there it doesn't you know it doesn't take 10 years it takes more than that right so i i feel like it probably kind of really took off so to speak in approximately 2016 to 2017 uh and i feel like that was spurred on by a couple of key people kind of seeing that it was a sport that's good for everyone it's fun to watch it's fun to play uh, so like the first U.S. Open went a long way towards um, expanding that for sure. And just a couple other kind of key actions that spur the sport from like a game to more of something that could actually be watched and viewed as, as, as a real sport. Sure. And I mean, I would say that uh, having now watched it and played it a little bit, I would recommend it to, to people if they're looking for something new and fun to you, know, you play with a family. Um, uh, is that part of your message when you, you when you go around that this is not just for people your level, but for everybody to play and have fun? Yeah, I would say it's fun at any level. Most like the main attraction really with pickleball, in contrast to other sports, is that you can go out your first time and have not just a fun time, but like real points. So if you look at something like tennis, tennis is a great sport. I played it for years, but you never see somebody go out there and play for their first time and have a ball. Like they're going to struggle to make good contact with the ball. The ball's not going to go where they want it to go. Uh, so there's a very quick learning curve with pickleball where you can immediately have real points that are fun and you can play it with your family. You can play it with anybody older, younger. It really doesn't matter if it's your first time, you're still going to have a lot of fun. So that kind of immediate attraction is really important to why it's, yeah. it's fun to play. Uh, and also it's really fun because it's very easy to get better. So what's kind of cool is, you know, you start off, you have fun, you get better, you have fun. Sure. and kind of your peak of how how good you can get like you just keep improving so it's um it, it has a lot of room for growth whenever you play and you can kind of take it and do with it whatever you want one of the kind of underrated things that i've noticed in my limited exposure to the to the game to the sport is the sound uh that the the, the, the uh, wiffle ball makes you know when it's hit by the paddle it's kind of a cool sound kind of like uh ping pong without the padded without the you know the, the padded mm -hmm. uh paddles and ping pong it just that click noise is yeah cool. yeah there's definitely something to that uh that kind of feeling combined with the sound it's pretty satisfying i know 
uh, one of the problems with with pickleball is that uh, neighborhoods aren't very happy with it if there are courts nearby because you know it's it's that constant popping sound in the background so if they're not players they're got they're just like gosh this is annoying i, I can't hear myself think in my own house <laughs> well at, at your exhibition the only thing louder than the uh, the clicking of of the ball and the paddle were the uh, cicadas in the background because it was an outdoor <laughs> exhibition so yeah. we could we could hear both but um all right, so let's talk about growing up in Laytonsville. The I don't know if Laytonsville's the uh, pickleball capital of the world. Maybe it is now because of you and your brother. But uh, what was uh, what was it like growing up in uh, Laytonsville for you? Uh, pretty standard, you know. Laytonsville, it's kind of on the border of what I'd consider more urban area. So we kind of grew up in in more of a rural area and still had access to to urban things. Uh, part of a big family, I'm one of seven. So, you know, I could go up the street and golf. I mean, I could go into to Rockville, Damascus, Gaithersburg and have access to tons of things. So it was really a, a cool place to grow up just because of all the things you have access to at a, a pretty short distance. Now, you were homeschooled from what I uh, what I hear. What was that experience like? I guess you can't really compare it to anything because you were homeschooled and you didn't <laughs> go to school. But what was uh, that like? Yeah, so I was homeschooled through high school. Um, and that was, I think it was really cool just because I had so many siblings that, you know, I, I got to grow up with them and see them a lot more than a, a normal family kind of would. Um, I definitely think it was very conducive to learning uh, and how, how to learn kind of independently is, is really important, not just in school, but in life. Um, and it was really flexible, you know, you could kind of get your schoolwork done at any, any age, really, and uh, have a lot more time in the day to do other stuff and pursue kind of what we wanted to do. And actually being homeschooled was what allowed me to, to find pickleball. So I certainly can't complain. Sure. And now you're at the University of Maryland. Um, mm -hmm. Tell us what you're studying. And uh, first, tell it was that a culture shock having been homeschooled to go to Maryland where there's, you know, in, in non-COVID times, you know, tens of thousands of people walking around campus. Um, yeah, so I, my major is material science and engineering. I actually started off my first year as a business student, but I didn't really like that very much. So I, I switched to engineering my second year and, uh, no, it wasn't really a culture, uh, culture shock just because we were all quite used to being around people plenty just because of the sports we played and the things we did growing up and also, uh, for me at least and uh quite a few of my siblings we took dual enrollment classes so um classes at a local college up through i think we started mostly like sophomore year in high school or, or at least junior year okay uh any uh fond men i'm sure you had a lot of fond memories growing up in Montgomery county anything that you know whether it's with family or where you like to hang out or anything yeah this is so, moco's <laughs> most famous so i want to know kind of a yeah. Montgomery county thing from uh -huh. your uh, background yeah, I would say one of my favorite Montgomery County kind of places growing up was uh, golfing at the Laytonsville Golf Course with my dad. I would normally go with him uh, and just kind of it was super it became just a super relaxing activity to me. It wasn't really a frustrating sport as many people view golf. It was more mm -hmm. just like, hey, I can go hit some golf balls. With my dad have a ball uh, relax and it, it, it's always fun. So that's kind of one of my favorite associated spots with the Laytonsville Moco area. And, and I've played a few rounds at Laytonsville. And, and one of the things that I've taken away from that course, you feel like you're out in the middle, not of nowhere, but in the country, it is very oh, relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. You see deer, you see all kinds of animals, you know, walking and flying around. So I'm sure that uh, was a, a nice place to, to go to. Yeah, feels like home. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I uh, wanted to ask you about... Um, 
the professional league, the PPA. So uh, what can you tell us about the league right now and kind of where it's, where it's heading? Um, so the PPA only came into existence just last year. Uh, spring of last year was their first tournament, which uh, you would think would be kind of an inconvenient time because COVID hit and then they had to postpone quite a few of their tournaments. But they did a pretty good job of kind of leading the way for the whole pickleball world in terms of still making tournaments happen with the correct regulations and, uh, you know, continuing tournaments for players and spectators and all that. And uh, the, the first year that I think they had with with COVID, I think it was only like four or five tournaments. I think it was five. Uh, but this year, 15, obviously, that's a dramatic amount more. And they really do a good job with their tournaments in terms of uh, spectators. There's there been more spectators than I've ever been used to. Uh, TV coverage, you know, they got a deal with ESPN3 and moving up to ESPN2 pretty shortly, which is definitely big for the sport. You know, TV exposure is where a lot of the growth comes. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, them making those connections has been huge. And really just making a, a concerted effort in, for professionals to actually make it more of a feasible career. Because, you know, for most pros, unless you're winning a ton or you have some very good sponsorships, then it's not a very feasible career unless you supplement it with, you know, teaching or, or a real job and stuff like that. So, you know, they've made it more of a pleasurable experience for the pros. Um, pretty special. You know, you got your, your player areas, your special little things. They just make the tournament experience better. And the, the prize money's gone up. They even have uh, players on contract, just meaning that they pay them, pay them uh, appearance fees to play their tournaments. So a lot of just kind of professional stuff like that that you see in other sports that you hadn't seen in pickleball previously. They kind of took the initiative and, um, and really have done a good job with that. If you're not a top, top player like you, is it hard to kind of make a living? I'm sure that you make a nice living being the best in the world, but for the others who are not quite top 10, let's say, is it mm -hmm. challenging and is that getting better? Yeah, so first, absolutely, it's definitely getting better. You know, a couple of years ago, it wasn't even feasible to be number one and, and make a real living out of it. It's like, you, you, it just wasn't really an option. The, the prize money wasn't there. The number of tournaments wasn't there. And those mm -hmm. two things have definitely increased just massively to the point where it's feasible in those two things alone. Uh, sponsorships have definitely gone up for players. And of course, it is still true that, you know, outside the top 10, approximately, I'd say you could give or take a few. But yeah, it's not super feasible to try to to only play tournaments and make a living off of that. What's cool though is any any good pro that you know has decent results and is a decent instructor, they can supplement their income just by teaching pickleball. Because one of the cool things about it is people are everybody wants lessons. Like they want to get better because they get obsessed or addicted to the game. Yeah. They're like, how can I get better at this? So you know, there, there's lessons to be had all over the place, and uh, they keep coming back for more because you can keep improving, which makes it really fun. So, if you want to play professionally on the tour and you're not good enough yet to uh, make the money from just playing, then you know you can supplement it with teaching and still have a great time traveling and playing tournaments. Mm -hmm. Got it. Now, could you have been um, if you had uh, stuck to tennis or or taken on? I'm sure you're good at a lot of sports. Could you have been uh, a pretty good uh, tennis player? Uh, pro? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about pro. That's saying a lot just because I kind of petered out on tennis when I was in my early teens, basically. So, you know, I was good for, for that age and uh, it helped have an older brother that was playing on the tour. Um, but, it, it, you know, I, there's, it's so much left to chance that sure, I could I have been good. Yeah, but how far would I have gone? Don't know. And really, above all, what's important is not 
how good you are, how skilled, or it's really how much do you want to be what you want to be, right? How much sure. do you love the game? And I, I can tell you, my brother was full on 100% committed. He was obsessed with tennis. And I was just like, that is not for me. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you can theorize, but it doesn't really matter in the end. Okay. So you, you're, we, we talked about, you know, you being the top in, in the world. Do you have fun when you play, when you're playing tournaments or is it all business uh, when you're playing? Yeah. So it's, I'd say it's definitely a combination of the two. It has kind of transformed from what it was years ago. Uh, I enjoy competition. I enjoy that everyone is getting better kind of together. You know, the competition has definitely risen in the past couple of years. Uh, and it's like anything, not even just sports where, you know, when you excel at something, you do well at something and you're still even improving at something. There's definitely some, some satisfaction to be derived from that. So I still enjoy playing. I still enjoy practicing when I'm playing a tournament, I might be more business-like than you might think, but, uh, I definitely still enjoy it just for all the, the, the reasons I mentioned previously. How important is it for you to help grow the game? Um, so I think, you know, a lot of people might look at the game and go, you know, what are you doing personally that, uh, to grow the game? Like how important is that to you? And honestly, I've, I've never really thought about it in terms of anything, but to, to be natural, because you, you can't really fake that. Um, if, if I can, you know, play with some kids uh, from time to time, do junior events and uh, do, you know, exhibitions that fit my schedule, stuff like that, where, you know, it feels natural to me. It feels right. Like I, I enjoy doing those things. Then I feel like that's what really helps grow the game. Just being the person that you are um, and, and not trying to fake anything is what people really kind of like and will actually further the game uh, more than anything. And uh, when you go to these exhibitions and people come up to you and, uh, what are, what, what's some of the most interesting or fun or, you know, memorable things that maybe people have said to you or asked you, or maybe that makes you laugh or. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty funny humor wise that, um, you know, you have people that are quite a bit older than me because it is, it originated as more of a senior sport and that's still a vast majority of the players that play, but people that actually look up to you as like a, a figure and somebody they admire or even idolize. And yet, you know, they're, they're older than me by a lot. They're my senior, you know, I address them as Mr. or Mrs. or Sir or ma'am. I'm just like, but you idolize this <laughs> whole lifestyle. And, and yeah. it just, it's, it makes me, me laugh sometimes. Um, but yeah, no, there's definitely been some special things where kind of people were, um, you know, maybe struggling through hard times or whatever. And they're like, you know, pickleball is what uh, helped me. And I, I've mm -hmm. found that's a common story. And, and it's not so much me as pickleball generally, but some people have, you know, come up to me and been like, you know, you were really uh, an inspiration. I just feel like any, any difference that I could make in anybody's life is, is a huge deal. So that's, that's pretty cool. When that you hear cool. Like that. The perception of pickleball and you touched on it is that it's kind of an old people's sport and it may have started that way, but it's really not an old people's sport. It, it can be, and it is, but it's more right. than that, right? Yeah, it definitely started out that way simply because it's so easy to play without needing to be super athletic. What people generally don't understand is what that doesn't mean is that you can't be very athletic and play it and use your athleticism because there's just such a wide range of how to play and at what level that you can put into it whatever you want. So seniors can have a great time playing it and barely moving and just hitting the ball back to each other. And, you know, very athletic players will still, you know, have, have trouble playing against a, a very good player that it maybe isn't even as athletic as them, but they can hit the right shots and move them around to where they feel like their athleticism isn't, isn't even making a difference. 
but you've definitely seen in recent years where some very good athletes have made the game look leaps and bounds different than it has in previous years. And is that important to change that perception, uh, in your opinion? Um, yeah, I mean, a little bit, if you, if you're looking at the sport as something you want to grow more professionally and more for viewership mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. You definitely need the stigma to change such that they view it as more of an athletic sport as in most professional sports. Uh, and, you know, I, I feel like that's something that most sports have actually gone through, or at least a couple of them, uh, such as golf, you know, golf for a long time was not really considered that much of an athletic sport. It's more of a skill, eye hand, that kind of thing. And it wasn't taken seriously along for a long time simply because it had comparisons, you know, football and basketball and all those things. But, uh, you know, it, it grew over that and, and people admire it for what it is now. So if pickleball wants to keep growing, it just needs to have that same kind of trajectory where you kind of just take it for what it is. It's there's some certain things to be admired about it that are unique to it uh, as a sport. And those are the kind of things that you should be looking at and are like, mm -hmm. oh, that's pretty cool. That's what makes this sport unique. And you talked about ESPN3 and ESPN2, you know, um, TV is a big deal with any sport for mm -hmm. obvious reasons, exposure and money and all that comes with it. Uh, do you think, is, is it heading in the traje trajectory of ESPN one day and, and you know, something like that? To yeah, on? so for stuff like that, you know, there's always unanticipated things that people don't even realize lie behind the whole process. Uh, and, you know, there's a couple hurdles that you have to clear and none of those things are ever certain. But if there is a very good trajectory for that to happen, it's definitely on it. Would you compare, uh, in terms of growth-wise, uh, pickleball to, um, you know, poker kind of had an explosion. I know poker is not a sport, but uh, in terms of a televised uh, game or sport, or maybe bowling, in terms of something that is just growing and, and we can expect to see more of it on TV? Yeah, what I would say about those kind of things is, you know, it, it may not, not look that serious to an outsider, but when you're an insider that actually plays or understands it, it, be, it becomes much more serious. So those kind of sports that have a cult following, if you will, are, you know, ones that have seen growth and, and because they have those followers that really want to see it get there, they have a way of kind of making that happen. So I'd say, yeah, it could be viewed as a similar trajectory to, to both of those sports. And one of the things during uh, COVID, and I just thought of this, was uh, I was watching Cornhole on TV, on ESPN. And I'm thinking, wait, cornhole on TV? So, yes. I mean, I think there's an opportunity for, you know, pickleball, which is, uh, you know, more athletic, more fun, more exciting uh, to, to, to blow away the, the those kind of niche uh, game sports, whatever you want to call them. Would you agree yeah. on that? Uh, yeah, for sure. But like, that's just one of those kind of unseen hurdles that most people don't realize. And in this case, it's, it's the sponsorships, right? Yeah. Uh, so Cornhole has some major sponsors, uh, a couple beer ones that, uh, that are among them that really supply a lot of the capital. Mm -hmm. And in pickleball, you mostly see in sport sponsors, meaning, you know, paddles, balls, that kind of thing. But the real money obviously comes from your bigger sponsors that we're used to uh, Gatorade, even beer. Uh, banks, that, that kind of thing. And, you know, when you put bigger money into it, naturally you have more TV exposure. And when you have more TV exposure, more money comes into it. So the two kind of, you know, they, they intersect very much. So you need one or the other to get the other. Right. Uh, I heard this, I don't know where, and I don't know how serious this is, but could we see pickleball one day in the Olympics? Is that a goal? Is that a realistic goal? Do you think? Yeah, so a lot of people talk about that, and really what I'd say is kind of similar, similarly to TV, you know, there's definitely uh, some hurdles that you really need to 
to get over and those are frequently unpredictable in terms of the the stuff that you need to to increase it's not really the following in the u.s you already have the numbers there it's the following in the other countries so one of the biggest things about the olympics is they have like a minimum amount of participation not just in terms of number of players but number of players per country with a minimum number of countries okay. so you'll see that it hits the cap in the u.s but you need it in say you know uh, over a million players in 30 countries. I'm just tossing that number out there. I don't know mm -hmm. if that's correct, but uh, that'll only happen in right now in one, maybe two countries. So you're missing a ton of other countries. So you don't need more U.S. growth. You need to grow it in other countries. And how, how, how would that happen? Well, you know, more ambassadors in other countries, getting into more other countries, um, international tournaments, more ports internationally, and uh, more TV exposure would make, uh, you know, foreign countries want to play it more. Have you allowed yourself to kind of dream about one day and who knows when that is one day that pickleball's in the Olympics and, and you're playing? You know, I, I've never really viewed that as, as super important uh, in terms of pickleball. You know, I, I do definitely want it to grow and I just want to go as far as possibly can, but I wouldn't say the Olympics is your, the definition of, Oh, it's made it as a sport okay. uh, because I, I'm sure what we might consider silly it, it still defines some sports in the Olympics, right? You know, we see curling and we're like, gosh, what is that? You know, I, I, there's unending jokes about curling in the Olympics. So <laughs> uh, the Olympics is cool. It's fantastic. It's, it's really an amazing achievement, but still it wouldn't be what I would see as kind of the crowning achievement of pickleball. Mm -hmm. Okay. What are your personal goals for the, the rest of this year and maybe uh, into next year? Um, for the rest of this year, I am looking at definitely maintaining the, the mixed doubles and singles, uh, undefeated streak, I guess. And once again, I, you know, not something I think about, but, uh, I feel mm -hmm. like I'm definitely in a position where I should win those. And, um, you know, when you feel like you should do something, you can definitely just tack that on the goal sheet. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my, my two losses this year have come in men's doubles. So. Uh, uh, definitely focusing uh, more on the men's doubles and a couple kind of personal improvement goals to, to shore up any of our weaknesses and uh, hopefully not lose another tournament for the rest of the year. What is your uh, family? Kind of a silly question, but I'll ask it anyway. What does your family think of uh, your, your success? <laughs> um, I think, well, my parents are just, they've always been very encouraging of being independent and kind of doing our own thing. So they are very glad that I finally found something that I am uh, very passionate about and, and independent, you could call it entrepreneurial, I guess. Um, and I guess for a long time, I didn't really have anything like that. So they're just glad that I'm, I'm doing that. And of course, they're always proud when I do well and all that. Uh, siblings wise, they, you know, I've gotten my older brother and my older sister into it, a player, and uh, she does the interviews for the Pro Pickleball Association. Uh, so I'm sure they're both glad, you know, it's a, it's a cool world. There's a lot of cool people. So they're glad to be in it with me. And all my other siblings are just like, hey, you're living the life. What's not to love? <laughs> um, what do you tell people who uh, are thinking about pickleball or they don't know what it is? Uh, it, would you consider it expensive, cheap, somewhere in the middle? Um, I'd say very cheap. It's on the cheapest end, really. I mean, you can find courts at a lot of places. All you literally need is two wooden paddles and a couple of balls. Mm -hmm. It should cost you no more than 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. So that that's a that's a cool thing. A lot cheaper than tennis and golf uh, on, for the most part. Um, what has been the coolest uh, experience so far for you uh, in your uh, pickleball career? 
Um, so I'd say two, I, I mainly have two, one achievement wise. Um, it was, it was pretty cool to win the U S open with my brother this past, uh, late April. That was kind of a, a big achievement and goal for him and as, as well for me. And that was our first major win together. Cause before this, I'd been partnering with, uh, two mainly other guys. And this year was our first year that we play a lot together. So that one achievement wise was really cool. And then um, experience wise, uh, I actually own a company that uh, is called Pickleball Getaways. And um, we take people to foreign destinations and uh, as like an all-inclusive vacation, basically. So I got to go to Ecuador uh, with a crew of 16 people. We got to tour the country while playing pickleball and just the, the views while playing pickleball were just incredible. You know, you like you're in Ecuador, it's scenic, it's beautiful, and you have a court and you're like, gosh, I'm glad I found this sport. <laughs> That is that is uh, amazing. You know, a lot of people don't find uh, kind of their passion for, you know, it depends, uh, but you seem to have found yours and uh, you're, you're making uh, the most of it. Um, so if people are looking for something to try this summer, I'm guessing you're going to say try some pickleball, right? Absolutely. Why not? You give it one try. And I mean, I've seen people get hooked on the first time they play and then they're just fanatics from there on out. So it's definitely worth a try. It's fun. It's going to be fun the first time you try. So there's really no downside to, to picking it up. Well, you're talking to someone who tried it and is addicted, but you're also talking to somebody that will never challenge you as number one in the world, uh, judging <laughs> from my first uh, two or three. I'm getting a little better, but uh, still, uh, still a lot of work to do. So what do you, okay, so speaking of that, what do you see with people? What kind of uh, mistakes over and over again do, do people make that you've seen? Mm -hmm. Um, I would say one of the biggest ones you can do just to immediately be better is uh, try to take your time because people tend to rush through just because it's like a small court and that ball is traveling slow. As soon as they see the ball, they're like, oh, there's the ball. Let me go get the ball. So they just kind of run straight to it. And the reality is, you know, they're, they're hitting it to you. They're hitting it forward. So you, you should definitely be waiting for the ball. Both give yourself more time and the ball is going to travel a lot slower by the time it gets to you. So you have a much better chance of putting it where you want it. And uh, going back to the, the YMCA ex exhibition again from last week, you had a couple of great uh, kind of, I call them rat-a-tat rallies, which uh, most people can't do the, the you know, dun, 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 you know yeah, the, the kind of battle. thing. Uh, that, that takes a little while and it takes a, a lot of hand-eye coordination, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the faster you get, the more difficult it gets. But what's cool is that's actually one of the things people like most about pickleball, where you kind of get those rallies almost immediately when you first start playing. Of course, yeah. it's not as fast. But to you, when you're in it the first time, it feels really fast, right? It's like, oh, I can barely get the ball back. Uh, it, it, that's just the, the cool part. You know, you can play with anybody and have kind of fast hands exchange rallies with each mm -hmm. other. And that, that makes it one of the coolest aspects of the game. Ben Johns, thank you for enlightening me and us about pickleball. This has been fun. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me, Joe. If you haven't tried pickleball yet, give it a go. Listen to Ben. Uh, and Ben, continue success with your career, with the uh, PPA, and with continuing to grow the game of pickleball, which I recommend, just like Ben, uh, anyone looking for something new and fun uh, this summer, pickleball is a, a great thing to try. I'm Joe Yashroff. This is MoCo's Most Famous. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, please spread the word. Thanks for watching and see you next time. Have a great day, everybody. Information is key. To stay informed on what's happening in Montgomery County, like, share, and subscribe to our channel.